Hello and welcome to the Mercy and Truth Podcast. I want to say thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to the newest episode here on the podcast. I pray that the Lord will speak to you through today's lesson. Today's episode is of my wife, Miss Brianna Simpson, and this is from our church's weekly Bible study. And she's teaching a two-part series that will be here on the podcast on a heart committed to prayer. And I pray the Lord will richly bless you as you listen today. Forgiven when mercy The series that we've been talking about is A Woman After God's Own Heart. Miss Rebecca and Miss Angela Parks started this series a few weeks back, and Miss um, Miss Rebecca asked me if I would teach this week. And so the book that we're talking about is A Woman After God's Own Heart by Miss Elizabeth George. And the chapter that I've been talking about specifically last week and this week is chapter three, and it's A Heart Committed to Prayer. So that'll give y'all just a little bit of an idea of what's going on in case you're new. And I want to go ahead now and put a quick recap of last week on the screen. So that way, <clears throat> anybody new can see what we talked about last week. Uh, last week was part one. Um, There's seven blessings associated with having a heart committed to prayer. And last week, we talked about blessing number one and blessing number two. This week, we're going to talk about three through seven. So just a quick little recap. Blessing number one was a deeper relationship with God. And we had five points under that, <clears throat> which were prayer increases our faith. Prayer provides a place to unload our burdens. Prayer teaches us that God is always near. Prayer trains us not to panic. And prayer changes lives. And then blessing number two was greater purity. I challenged everyone to figure out what that recurring sin is in their life. And I gave you the example of gossip. So whatever that recurring sin is in your life, I challenge you to confess that sin as an offense against God every single time that you committed it. <clears throat> and then ask God to surgically remove that sin from your life and then allow the Holy Spirit to work, living inside of you, to work that process out every single day as you pray. And so that's what we talked about last week. And this week, what we're going to do is get started with blessing number three. And blessing number three is confidence in making decisions. So my husband would absolutely be making fun of me right now if he was on this video because it's hilarious. Um, you know, he that's something that I think he would say, maybe the only thing he would say that I do that gets on his nerves is how indecisive I can be at times. No, that's funny. He says nothing I do gets on his nerves. Y'all believe that, right? <laughs> but seriously, um, so anybody who knows us knows how much we love Zaxby's. And we eat there all the time. But this is just giving you an example of how my indecisiveness can get on my husband's nerves. <laughs> so even though we eat there all the time, every time we go, it seems like I never know what I want to eat. And their menu hasn't changed. <laughs> So, over the years, he has learned my ways, and he has started making me tell him what I want to eat about two miles down the road before we pull in. So, that's kind of funny. But in all seriousness, um, <clears throat> a heart of prayer or a consistent prayer life 
will produce confidence in making decisions. Now, I want you to turn in your Bibles to Galatians 1.10. I'll have it up on the screen for you, but, you know, if you want to turn in your Bibles, it's Galatians 1.10. For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Now, that verse is warning us about people-pleasing, and I'm someone who likes for everybody to be happy. I really don't like to have problems, and I honestly hate to tell people no. I'm so inclined to just say yes when people ask me things because I don't like to disappoint people. But if we're going to please God and we're going to do His will, then we're going to have to adopt a new motto, ladies. We're going to have to adopt the motto of make no decision without prayer. So that somebody asking you something and you just automatically saying, yes, we can't do that anymore. We've got to stop doing that. We need to start saturating decisions in prayer. Preacher Alan Barker says, pray a whole lot and move real slow. And I'm telling you, he is such a wise man. I'm so thankful to have him as a mentor, you know, in our life. And he has given us that advice so many times over the years when we were, you know, just trying to make the right decision about something and we sought his advice. He's told us that and I just can't stress enough. Pray a whole lot and move real slow. Such wise words. But a woman after God's own heart is a woman who will do his will and not her own. And that's the type of woman that I want to be. And I believe that's the type of woman that you want to be. That's the type of woman we've been talking about last week. And we're talking about that this week. I want to read you A Prayer for Direction by Miss Susanna Wesley. And we talked about her a little bit last week too. But she said, Forbid that I should venture on any business without first begging thy direction and assistance. And so the takeaway here, ladies, is make no decision without prayer. When we have prayed over a decision, then we can have peace that God is the one who's guiding us and not our own selfish desires. And then that leads us right into blessing number four, which is improved relationships. And I'd say we all need that to an extent. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, ladies. I get irritated sometimes. Can any of y'all relate to me there? Is anybody else out there that gets irritated sometimes? <laughs> you know, sometimes I get irritated with the people living in my house. <laughs> and some people, sometimes I get irritated with the people that I work with. And sometimes I get irritated with complete strangers. Now, how moronic is that? <laughs> but I do. And it's wrong. You know, I'm, I'm laughing about it, but it is wrong. We shouldn't be that way. But it happens to me sometimes before I even realize what has happened at all. And so, you know, I just, being a seeker of God's heart through prayer improves our relationships with people. And there's three ways that I want to talk about today. And so the first way is um, you cannot think about yourself and others at the same time. And it's true. You cannot think about yourself and others at the same time. If we would allow it, The devil and our flesh would have us focus on ourselves all the time. But praying for others takes the focus off of us for a few minutes. And it reminds us that other people in the world, they have problems too. And a lot of those problems are much bigger than ours. That doesn't mean that God cares less about our problems than other people's. 
But at the same time, it's a good reminder just not to be selfish and to think about other people. And so you cannot think about yourself and others at the same time. And then number two, you cannot hate the person that you are praying for. God changes our hearts as we pray for our enemies. And I want to read you a Bible verse here. It's Matthew 5, 44. And I'll put it up on the screen. You can turn in your Bibles if you would like. Matthew 5, 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Now, you know, I've read this chapter and I've been studying for this Bible lesson with you ladies. And I'll be honest with you, even this week, this week, I got irritated with somebody. And I, you know what? Right then and there, I said, you need to pray for them. It's not my place to be their judge. And it's like, you know, what we were talking about earlier when you committed, you know, an offense against God, just right then and there, just acknowledge and repent that you have committed it and ask God to please remove that sin from your life and then allow the Holy Spirit to work in you as you pray. And so that's something I've been working on. And right then and there, when I had those thoughts and I was just irritated with that person, I said, you know what? I'm not going to allow myself to go there. And I bowed my head and I prayed for that person. And then it was like when I got back up from praying, I had a peace that I can't explain to you about the situation because I knew that, you know, it was nothing to me. It wasn't my place. And I had just done my part by praying for that person. And I'm telling you, you can't hate the person that you're praying for. You just can't. So just try it sometime. I tried it this week and it worked for me. Now, number three, you cannot, you cannot neglect the person you are praying for. As we invest ourselves in prayer for other people, we find ourselves wonderfully involved in their lives. And I am so thankful for this one. Last week, I asked you ladies to please comment your prayer requests, and I went back and I read those, and I tried my best to reach out to everybody that commented and just let you know that I was praying about that. And I've prayed for those every single day this week. I put y'all in my prayer journal, and I'm going to do the same thing this week. Whatever y'all comment, I'm going to put it in my prayer journal and go back and pray. And I'm telling you, I feel so much closer to y'all. I really do, because I've been praying for you, and I love you, and I just it means something to me. I'm invested in your life. And I would just say, I would just, you know, really encourage you to please add other people to your prayer list, not only your own requests, but those around you too, because it genuinely will help you and it'll be an encouragement to you. I know it was to me. Now, I want to read another Bible verse for you. You can turn in your Bible or I'll have it up on the screen. It is Philippians 2, 3 through 4. It says, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Now, I want to challenge everyone to memorize those verses this week. In Psalm 119.11, The psalmist challenges us to hide God's word in our heart so that we might not sin against him. We can genuinely replace our egocentric thought patterns with the one the Holy Spirit admonishes us to maintain in these verses. We can do that. 
Memorizing this passage and repeating it daily in prayer will help us establish an other's consciousness and get our mind off of ourselves. Because I know we think about ourselves way too often. We really do. And this helps with that. If we'll neglect our natural inclinations of self-centeredness, ill will, and neglect of, by praying for others, then even those who are mean to us, we can truly enjoy the blessing of improved relationships. And I know I want improved relationships, and I believe that you ladies do too. So we just need to pray for each other. We really, really do. And that leads me to the next blessing. That's blessing number five. And it is contentment. <clears throat> now, I don't know about y'all, but I have struggled with this one in my life. At times, still do. Um, but I did. I looked up the definition of contentment. And it said, contentment is a state of mind in which one's desires are confined to his lot, whatever it may be. And to me, when I put that on my, on my own words, I wrote, contentment is being satisfied with what God has given you and where he has placed you. And our motto should be, if he doesn't meet it, then I didn't need it. And that's hard sometimes because, I mean, I naturally, I don't know if you, I don't know, I guess you'd say as an overachiever, I take on way too much and my expectations are also way too high of myself. And so, you know, that's something I struggle with because I'm always wanting more even just out of myself, it's not only just, it's not always just stuff. It's sometimes just better results. You know, it's hard for me to just be satisfied. I'm always looking for, you know, one step better. And so that can be really a struggle for me. But that's something that I'm praying about and the Lord is helping me with. And I know he'll help you too. But I want to read you another Bible verse here. It's Psalm 8411. And I'll have it up on the screen. Psalm 8411. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. I'll read it one more time. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. You know, a lot of y'all are, you know, a lot of y'all know a lot about me, really. And you know a lot about me and Jeremiah and our ministry. But this just reminded me so much of something that happened in my own life. And when Jeremiah first told me that he felt like God was calling him to quit his job and submit full-time to our ministry, I was so scared. We had never struggled financially in our marriage until that time. We both were so blessed to have amazing jobs that paid us more than we needed and we even had great health benefits in retirement. It was hard for me to adjust as we struggled financially for the first time in our marriage. Looking back, though, it was such a faith-building experience. Because a year after that, God gave us peace for me to be able to quit my job, too, so that I could be part of our ministry full-time and take care of our babies. And the fact that God would take care of me and my family financially so that we could do what we do in this ministry and spread the gospel to young people. That blows my mind. I am so unworthy to be used. I am nothing outside of him. I can't do anything without him. I am incapable of anything outside of the Lord and his blessings on my life. And the fact that he would take care of me and my family and let us be used in this ministry, I just cannot understand it. I can't even fathom why he would want to use me. But I'm so thankful. 
And I'm telling you, the, I mean, I just, I'm being honest with you when I say that there's no way that Jeremiah and I should be getting by financially, um, you know, given the the massive change in our household income in the last few years. I'm a very, you know, black and white person. I'm a finance person. At the time that I quit my job, you know, I was a branch manager of a bank, um, you know, and I can tell you the numbers didn't add up. It did not make sense for me to quit my job. But you know what? God honors commitment and we were committed to doing whatever he had in store for our life and he gave us peace that that's what he wanted we didn't totally understand it but we did what we genuinely felt like he was leading us to do and God has taken care of us he has met our every need more than what we need he's not only given us what we need he's given us more than that and he's blessed us so greatly I just can't even tell you he's been so good to us he has always been enough and I have no sad stories to tell. Somehow every time God comes through for us and he takes care of us every single day. And I can honestly tell you, I wouldn't trade my life for anything in the world. I wouldn't trade it for all the money in the world. And I just, I love the Lord so much and I'm thankful. I'm content with the life that he's given me. And I'm very, very thankful. That leads us right into blessing number six. And that is God confidence. Now, you may not have ever heard that before. Before I read this book, I hadn't, I hadn't heard that before. But God confidence is better than self-confidence or self-esteem. It's better than either one of those. God confidence comes as the Holy Spirit works in us. As we pray and make choices that honor God, the Holy Spirit fills us with his power for ministry. When we're filled with God's goodness, we are confidently and effectively able to share his love and joy. As we women of prayer open to the transforming touch of the Holy Spirit, we will find his divine life in us overflowing into the lives of others. As a result of practicing the principle, make no decision without prayer, we can experience a divine assurance with every step that we take. We can have peace. That God is the one God in our life and it's not our own selfish desires like we talked about earlier. As the events we've prayed about and committed to arrive, we can enjoy the settled assurance that they are God's will. And we can therefore enter into them with delight, anticipation, and courage. We can only truly serve the Lord with gladness, not glumness. We can only truly serve the Lord with gladness, not glumness. God confidence is not arrogance. It is a boldness that you can have as a child of God when you take things to the Lord in prayer. We can delight to do God's will instead of dreading it <clears throat> because God has given us peace in our choices when we prayed. So we know, you know, if let's just say like we talked about earlier, somebody asked you to do something, just for example, instead of just automatically saying, yes, if you'll pray about it first and then God gives you peace that you should do it, well, even all along the way, when you get into doing whatever that thing is, planning a fundraiser, whatever it is, whenever you say yes, uh, after you've prayed about it, you know that God has actually told you to do that. You can have God confidence that even when you face struggles and things don't go the way that you want them to, you know that you're doing what God told you to do and he's going to take care of you. And that's what God confidence is. And that's what I pray, you know, I pray for it would be very easy to just say yes all the time and not saturate things in prayer. And so 
That leads me right into blessing number seven, which is the ministry of prayer. So we've talked a lot about prayer. This lesson is called A Heart Committed to Prayer. And so last week and this week, we've been talking a lot about it. But what now? What do we do when this lesson is over? You know, do we just say, oh, well, that was great and just forget everything that we learned? Or, you know, how do we actually get to the point of saying that we have a heart committed to prayer? And how can we cultivate a heart of prayer and enjoy the blessings that we've been talking about? The joys that the blessings that accompany a life of committed and devoted prayer. What do we do? Well, I'm glad you asked. First, start a prayer log to record requests and responses as you travel your own personal journey of prayer. I have started doing this and it has been life changing for me. I've talked a lot about it, but this has this has absolutely just changed my life. Every morning whenever it is that you do this, but every morning when I get up, you know, I told y'all I use the acronym prayer and I just do it. I can't help it. You know, I don't know. I guess I'm obsessive. I have to organize my prayers. Even everything in my life has to be organized, (laughs) but I start out every morning by praising him. And that has changed my life to start every morning just in such thankfulness and just reverence for the Lord. And I go through all of that. I go to R, I repent, And I go to A, all my requests, and that's where I just take my requests, my personal requests, and I take your requests to him. And I mean, I do that every day in my prayer journal. And you know what? He answers my prayers. He does, genuinely. And so that's one of the biggest reasons. I mean, it's it's all good, but, you know, whenever he answers one of my requests that I've been praying about, and I can check that box off of there, it's just like, I know that the Lord is good, and if he didn't ever do anything other than save me, that would be far more than I deserve. But there's just something about being able to check off something, a a prayer and a request that you've made into the Lord. When he answers it, there's just something about that. So start a prayer journal if you haven't already done it. Number two, set aside some time each day to linger with the Lord in prayer. And remember that something is better than nothing. Begin small and watch for the mighty effects. Miss Nicole Bass, um, Brother Jonathan Bass's wife, a lot of y'all probably know who that is, but we were talking about prayer a few weeks or so ago, and she was telling me that, you know, she was talking to her husband because it can be really hard to set aside personal uninterrupted time to pray when you have small children. She has small kids just like I do. And so she was just telling me, you know, she's having one of those days where she really was just reaching out to her husband and, you know, telling him she genuinely wanted to pray, but it just seemed like there wasn't time in the day, you know, it's like from the moment you wake up and your feet hit the floor till the moment you lay down dead tired at night, you know, you're doing stuff for your kids and your husband and your ministry, and it can be a lot sometimes. But she said that, you know, when she was reaching out to him and talking to him, he said something to her that really stuck with me. And he told her, well, let me ask you this. How would you feel if in the morning when I get up and go to work, if I didn't kiss you and I didn't tell you bye, I didn't tell you that I hope you have a good day, I didn't call you throughout the day to see how you were doing, I didn't thank you for anything that you did, picking up the groceries, taking care of the kids. You know, how would you feel if I just never communicated with you all day long? I didn't even speak to you. I didn't acknowledge you or anything. How would that make you feel? 
And she said, oh, my word, I would feel terrible. That's awful. I don't want to live like that. And he said, well, that's how the Lord probably feels when you don't talk to him all day long. And you know what? I know that's simple. That's almost, you know, childlike, but you know, it's just so true. That's so true. And it's really stuck with me every single morning. I try my best to just, if nothing else, if I can just say, Lord, I love you so much. Thank you for letting me wake up today. Thank you for all the things you've given me, my bed, my clothes, the food I'm getting ready to eat, my children, my health. And I just pray that you would touch my day and just help me. Help me to be a witness. Help me to be a light. Give me patience. Whatever it is, even if that's what all you do in the beginning, that's better than nothing. Don't feel like if that's all that you can do that you shouldn't do anything because God will honor that. And, and, and I just believe that that's true. It's been true for me. So number three, let's go to number three. Pray always. Ephesians 6.18, I'm not going to read it. I'll just give it to you. Ephesians 6.18, you can look it up later. Pray always and in all places, enjoying God's presence with you wherever you go. And that's something where, you know, I think we can, we've sort of talked a little bit about in that way, repenting, you know, as soon as you do things that you know you're trying not to do, whatever that recurring sin is in your life that you're struggling with, Pray always as soon as you've done it, as soon as you've talked about somebody or as soon as you've lied or whatever it is, you know, gotten mad, you know, been prideful, whatever it is, pray right then and there and ask God for forgiveness. You know, ask him to please cut that sin out of your life and then let the Holy Spirit work inside of you to make you better. You're never going to be sinless, but you can sin less. And that's how you can do that is genuinely asking God to help you through prayer and meaning it with your heart. And so pray always and in all places. Also, that's just, you know, that's on the repenting side. On the other side of it, God blesses you all day long. He lets you keep breathing. Y'all take a breath. <sighs> I needed that breath. He blesses you all day long. Every moment of the day when you can take a breath and you get to eat every day and put your clothes on every morning Say hello and hug and kiss your family. He blesses you all day long so you can repent almost all day because we're sinful people. And you can be thankful all day because he's good to you every moment of every single day. And so we should pray always and in all places, always. And so then number four, pray faithfully for others, including your enemies. Um, and then I'll just give you scripture, Matthew 5, 44. Pray faithfully for others, including your enemies. And we talked about that earlier. I really, really think we could we could change the world if instead of judging each other and talking about each other all the time, if we would pray for each other. And Lord knows I'm as guilty. He knows I'm as guilty as anybody else out there. I'm not, you know, saying that I don't do that, but I mean genuinely that's a desire I have in my heart. That instead of praying, instead of having bad thoughts about other people and instead of talking about them and judging them, that I would pray for them faithfully, not just one time, but faithfully pray for them. Then I, I know that I can't change them. There's nothing I can do. So instead of me talking about it, I just need to pray about it. And so pray for others. Pray for your friends. Pray for your pastor and your pastor's wife and your church and your family, your children. Just, you know, pray for the lost, pray for our president, our troops. There is always something to pray about, always. And so pray for others, especially your enemies, especially because it'll change you. 
the Lord will change your heart as you pray for your enemies. And I know that he's done that for me and I know he'll do that for you. And then finally, take seriously the powerful privilege of the ministry of prayer. Now, I want to ask you a question and I really want you to listen. Now, do you believe that prayer changes things? I know there's probably a delay on this. So I'm going to ask you again. Do you believe that prayer changes things? And I want you to comment. Do you believe it? Do you really believe that prayer changes things? Because if you do, how much bad stuff is going on in the world? How much, how much stuff is going on just in your friends, in your family, in your church? I mean, people are sick right now. People are scared right now. There's all kinds of stuff that needs to be prayed about. I mean, more than anything, the lost, there's so many lost people in our world. They're dying and going to hell. So if we really believe that prayer changes things, why don't we pray? Why don't we take time to do that? And I would challenge you to really think about that question for yourself. <clears throat> I've just got a couple of minutes left. I don't have very long. I want you to really, really stick with me here. I'm closing. I want to tell you a short story and then I'm closing. And so I really, really want you to stick with me. Now, you're going to think I've gone crazy. Does anybody out there have a dog? <laughs> and I'm serious. You can comment. Does anybody have a dog? And if you have a dog, tell me what kind of dog you have, just because I'm curious. That part doesn't relate, but I, I'm curious. What kind of dog do y'all have? So I want to tell you something about dogs. I looked this up. I, fi I figured this out. I learned some stuff about dogs today. Did y'all know that dogs' sense of smell overpowers humans by between 10 and 100,000? Did you know that? They can smell a lot better than us. That's what that means. They can smell a lot better than us and a lot further away than we can. So, <clears throat> I say that because, listen to this, listen to what a dog can do. A dog could detect a teaspoon of sugar in a million gallons of water, which would be the size of two Olympic-sized pools. That's pretty crazy, right? I mean, y'all would say, that's amazing. How could a dog do that? They have such a great sense of smell. Well, I say that. To say this, I believe that my husband might be one tiny part dog. Somewhere in there, he's got to have a little part of a dog. I don't know because I'm telling you, he can smell like nobody I've ever met. <laughs> and it can be so irritating sometimes. He, I can have candles burning in the house and it smells great to me, but he can smell something, whatever it is. I'm telling you, he can smell so good. And I'm I don't know. He's got a really great sense of smell, but I, that's, I had to tell you that to get to the point of what I really want to tell you. So a little while back, Jeremiah told me that I have a distinct smell. Now, how would you ladies take that? If your husband said, honey, you have a very distinct smell. Well, y'all are probably better than I am. I was like, are you trying to tell me that I smell bad or something? I mean, I was a little bit upset. I was irritated. Like I was telling you earlier, sometimes I get irritated with the people that I live with. I was irritated. But he explained himself, and that's not what he was talking about. He was not trying to tell me that I stink. He was just telling me he has such a strong sense of smell that he really, really, he said, I just have my own smell. It's not a good smell. 
It's not a bad smell. It's just a smell. It's just my smell. So he just has a really good sense of smell. I'm telling you he's part dog. That was what I was trying to get you to understand about that story. But what I want to get to is I want to have a heart committed to prayer. I genuinely want to have a heart committed to prayer. And I want my relationship with God to have the reigning position in my heart. And I want to walk so closely with him that his fragrance permeates out of my life and it just refreshes everybody that I come into contact with. To me, the Lord has a very distinct smell. When he's around, you know it. If you're saved and the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, then you know, you know when the Lord is around and you can feel it and you can smell it and you can taste it and it's good. And there's nothing in this world that's like it. And you know, that's what I want when people are around me. Have you ever just been around somebody like that, that they just drip, you know, the spirit of the Lord. And it's just like, you just know that they have such a close relationship with the Lord, you can just feel it. There's been people that have visited our church before. And I mean, I can think of people, I'll just say that. I can think of people that come to my mind and I just know, you know, like when I'm around them, it blesses me. It really blesses me. I can just smell it. And I'm telling you, when people are around me, I don't want them to smell me and all my sinful, fleshly, terrible ways. I want them to smell the Lord. And I hope by this point, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying. But I want that. And I believe that a lot of y'all want that too. And so the only way we can have that and the only way that can happen is if we pray and go to the Lord and we're reverent and we genuinely are humble in our heart and we beg him to, to do that for us and to help us. So my dear, sweet praying friends, no matter where we are at home or in another country, no matter what we're doing, if you're in a nursing home right now and you know, you can't go to church, oh my goodness, if you're sick right now, whatever is going on in your life, we can go to the Lord in prayer. We have him. We have immediate access to him and he's all powerful. There is nothing that anybody in this world could do that he can't do. He can do everything. We can do nothing. And I think we forget about that sometimes, that he has given us the opportunity to pray and we have that. We can go to him anytime, all the time, about anything. That's amazing that he would do that for us. So we can lift up countless others toward heaven and boldly ask our all-powerful God to make a difference in their lives. I pray that you'll take this powerful privilege and responsibility seriously. I've learned so much by studying these last couple of weeks. And I'm honestly sad that my lesson is almost over in just a few minutes. It's going to be over because I've enjoyed every moment of this. It's been such a privilege that I don't take for granted to be here with y'all and that God would use me to do anything. I just, I'm telling you, I'm amazed. I'm nothing. I'm so unworthy. If I can do, if he can use me, oh my goodness, I just, he can do anything. I know that he can, and I know that he can. I don't make light of that. But I want you to think about this. Do you think that praying, even for just a few minutes a day, could change your life? Well, we know that it can. We talked about that earlier. Lingering in God's presence through prayer will increase our faith in Him. It'll provide a place for us to unload our burdens. It'll remind us that God is always near and help us not to panic. It's one way God has provided for us to commune with Him. And when we accept His invitation to commune with Him, He will transform our hearts and He will change our lives. 
So ladies, I genuinely want to have a heart committed to prayer. And we're going to, and I believe that you do too. We're going to do that every single day as we take this lesson to heart. If y'all have any questions or if you need anything at all, as far as an outline from this lesson last week or this week, please just let me know. Thank you so much for listening to me. It's a miracle that you were here. And I just pray, I just thank you. I thank you so much for listening. I hope y'all have a wonderful evening. God bless you.